Welcome to my shitty podcast, So Shitty It Only Has One T. I'm your host, Adam Copeland. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for telling a friend. Um, I also want to thank my guest, Kendra, for coming on and talking to us about cheese. It's cheese month. Uh, if you didn't know, <laughs> October is cheese month. Um, if you uh, have any questions uh, and want to contact Kendra, you can do so at the link that I included in this episode. It's info, info at uh, shizubar.com. Oh, man. This is a fun episode. Um, I recorded it in Portland. Um, I don't know. I had a good time. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, without further ado, uh, let's let the cat out of the bag. Too loud in your headphones? I can't hear it at all. You can't hear actually. it at all. Okay, I'm going to turn it up just a touch. And just tell me if it gets too loud. It almost... Is that too much? It almost seems like it's not connected. Oh, you know what? It's probably not. Let, oh. me, let me see those headphones real fast. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I, I actually hear absolutely nothing. Was it connected? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> That seemed like a sigh of like, oh no, these aren't me. <laughs> yeah, it's so not, early. It's so not even me at all. Like, so yeah, um, and I'm sick, so I shouldn't be. Yeah, so we should be having tea and coffee anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's all right. Let's be responsible. It's hard to. It's hard, like on the fly. Like, oh shit, I need to make a flask and bring it with me for my guest. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I was like. How does he, yeah, you know, he's yeah. got to prepare. And then I'm like, well, at least we're at Chizu. Like, I'm going to pour him a beer, Yeah, you know? <laughs> um, is this too loud? No, not at all. It's okay. Okay. Cool. Um, then we'll get started if you're ready. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Radical. Okay. Um, why don't we start with uh, introducing yourself? Sure. Uh, who you are, where you work. Yes. So. Um, my name is Kendra Birdwell, and I work in Portland at Cheezu, yeah. which is a cheese bar. Yeah. Yeah, the super weird sushi-themed cheese bar. And it's not even sushi-themed. It's just a traditional Japanese omakase bar. Yeah, and omakase. designed that way. That's yeah. right. Uh, omakase just basically means, um, it's a Japanese word for, uh, I think it's like chef's. Yeah, chef's choice, chef's essentially. Choice. Yeah, yeah, making so. the choice. So for, um, for the customer, the whole style of the the business is I can come in and say, pick me out some cheeses and you'll outline that for me. Yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah, exactly. I like to know like what it's actually really similar to a lot of cheesemongers behind a counter where, mm -hmm. you know, people come up and they're like, you know, let me give you a basic idea of what I like. And then, you know, you're kind of gauging their knowledge and, and then you're able to kind of choose. And it's really nice because I only have 30 cheeses at all times. Like they rotate and they change, but having 30 cheeses to choose from and then just being able to like lay them out right in front of the customer right away is, is really nice. Yeah. Um, most of the time, cheesemongers would be like unwrapping a big piece of cheese and like cutting off a, a sample and then doing that like eight times. Yeah. <laughs> you know, before people know like what to take home. Yes. So, yeah, it's really like um, it's just relax a relaxing environment and just kind of easy to to um, no pressure. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Um, does it help? I talked to a sushi chef um, on one of my episodes 
and he sort of spoke to Omakase, and he said that it's really a lot easier if you give him some direction. Like, yeah. I like spicy. Mm-hmm. I don't like salmon. Right, um, I can imagine. Is it easier if someone's like, oh, for I'm sure. allergic to cow's milk? Oh, my gosh, or, yeah. I mean, if I didn't know that, I'd be like, here's three cow's milk cheeses, and they look at me like, well, I'm not going to enjoy this. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm like, yeah. mm. Shoot. Well, you should have told me. Yeah, give me a so, little yeah, something. So, yeah, I always ask. I, I'm always like, you know, what's what's your preference? Anything I shouldn't do? And a lot of people will, um, yeah, give let me know. I don't like, it's always like, I don't like blue cheese. Mm-hmm. I don't like goat cheese. That, that comes up a lot. And yeah. so we've kind of struck this, like, vibe in here of, like, let's try and convert people all the time, you know? Yeah. So we, we have the, these cheeses that we refer to as like the gateways into, mm-hmm. you know, so like the gateway goat here right now is a cheese called Brabander. It's yeah. a goat's milk Gouda. It's just, Gouda is such an easy thing because it tends to be a little sweeter. So, um, people are more into it right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then we have a gateway blue cheese. It's called Chiraboga blue. And it's like a triple cream blue cheese that's that you know the blue cultures are added like two weeks after the cheese is made and it's it's such an awesome amazing blue cheese it's its own thing and people that don't like blue cheese are always like what maybe I do this is my favorite one of the board and that happens all the time yeah 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 so that's, that's awesome nice. but yeah limitations there's always there's it's always good to like gauge. Um, and then try and push a little bit. I, li- I like to push people into a, into a direction where they're not expecting because I like to surprise people with cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Um, would you consider yourself, like, you are a cheesemonger, correct? Um, yeah. I, you know, I kind of, I started working in cheese like 12 years ago. And I think when I first started, the word cheesemonger was such, like, I d- could not even, that was like a holy word and I <laughs> don't even call me I had a chef on recently yeah. that was like don't call me a chef. I'm a cook like yeah. I'm not oh, even wow. yeah yeah or I'm just now getting used sure. to and that's good because then that means you know you have this bar and you feel like you're constantly having to work up to it um nowadays I think it's yeah it's easy for people just right behind the counter to be referred to as cheesemongers I think that's easy for for customers too to kind of perceive you that way but um, I always learned that a cheesemonger is someone who buys and sells cheese. Oh, really? And so that's just kind of stuck in my head. <clears throat> and I, I, I don't buy cheese. So I just serve it. I just specialize in it. One thing I can say that I am um, is, is a certified cheese professional. Okay. So, yeah, so there's a test that you, you take. Um, to the, become certified, the ACS. Yeah, yeah, exactly. the CCP. Yeah, the CC- ACS, CCP. Okay. Yeah, American cheese. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, there are people that are really like sensitive about it too. You know, like the difference between a CCP and a and a cheesemonger. What What are the differences? I, I well, really don't know. That you don't. Much. You don't have to take. You know, you haven't taken the test, so you haven't really established your knowledge because of that. Okay. So. Um, some CCPs are really sensitive about not, you know, like, sure, okay, you can be called a cheesemonger, but, you know, a lot of people use, like, when you get the, you get, like, a pin. You get a pin? Yeah, you get a pin. And you can put it, you know, on your lapel and tell everybody that you're a real professional. (laughs) Is it a little square of cheese? What does it look like? Yeah, no, it's, it's like the logo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think. That's not oh my as god, fun. that's horrible because I haven't even like looked yeah. at it. <laughs> I don't even know what it looks like. I'm, oh no, what do I, look like? I, a I know. I'm not like. I'm not so 
you know, into like putting it on. And stuff yeah. Like that yeah. It's a too pretentious for you. Yeah, and pens, you know, they're like, a, they're a, you have to kind of have a style for it. That's true as well. I know. Yeah. I've been gifted a few pens, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't know where to put this. Do I put this on my hat? Do I put it on my shirt? I'm not a pen guy. I don't You're have... like, I want to rock yeah. this, but it's not natural <laughs> yeah. for me. I made up a little cartoon character that's a jerk chicken. Oh, cool. Yeah, just I've seen like it a... on your logo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's cool. Um, so I like that kind of art, too. It's like a little sloppy, and yeah. I enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, somebody gave me a pen for it, and I was like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> I put it on my refrigerator. I put, like, a magnet behind it. Oh, yeah. I you, made like, it made into it to a, a slightly lesser... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I read somewhere... Just This is just stupid information that I got off the internet, um, and I'm just going to kind of help... You're going to have to help keep me on track. Sure. Like, no, 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 no. That's all internet garbage yeah um i read no that you needed two thousand hours of like cheese work in order to call yourself a cheesemonger i'm using air quotes now yeah um so that's not again like there's no regulation around uh the, the word cheesemonger mm-hmm. anybody could you know as as long as you feel confident to take on that role yeah. then you are you know wow um it's a self-actualizing kind of thing but um but to to do the CCP to do the certified cheese professional exam, you have to prove, you have to fill out an application and you have to prove that you've done so many hours yeah. and things like that. It was a while ago that I actually filled out the application, but yeah, they're definitely asking about my work experience and, um, and yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like that difficult. You just have to be a member of the cheese you know, um, the cheese guild, the cheese society. No. Um, yeah. Now each state, I mean, most states, not all states have cheese guilds. It's pretty cool. Actually. There's a lot of, um, really amazing people in the cheese industry that are in each state's different guild and stuff like the Oregon cheese guild's really cool. We just had the Oregon cheese month. Yeah. I've last got the month in September. Pleasure of sitting in your business right now. And yeah. um, <laughs> th- was it recently like Cheese Month or something yeah, like that? Yeah, in September. September in Oregon, was. Yeah, Oregon. I just and then, missed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's tons of and crazy um, little, I, I don't know. Uh, and this is just, again, things that I've found on the internet before, upon this, uh, before this interview. Uh, like judging competitions and um, uh, conventions for like yeah. cheese guys. Oh my gosh! For it's a, sure, it's Are pretty wild. Yeah, there's a whole world um, out there. It's huge, you know. It's huge and it's growing. Um, it's a big deal for cheesemakers to um, put their cheeses into to different competitions and to win awards and stuff, and that kind of proves. Um, the value of their, the, the quality and their consistency or, or whatever, or, you know, sometimes it's interesting because as far as consistency, it's different batches of cheese change all the time. Cheeses are constantly changing, especially with uh, smaller farms that are like establishing recipes still and kind of um, figuring all of that out. But yeah, it's a, it's, um, it's a big deal to be, to be awarded and it's a big deal to be a judge. A lot of my peers actually in this industry are are already judging and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, these people are, they just know their stuff. So yeah. Like just like the back of their hand. It's, it's cool. They can taste something and really, um, because they've tasted so many cheeses. I mean, you taste thousands and thousands. Not only are you tasting different 
cheeses, but you're tasting different batches of cheese, and you're tasting a different wheel every time it comes in. So yeah. you're really getting a feel for that particular cheese, that creamery, that milk type, that style. It all kind of evolves. And, and yeah, and that's just one aspect of it. That's really just like um, the cheese... Uh, professionals kind of hobby is to go and be a part of all of these events and um, yeah actually I wanted to like confirm but yeah it's American Cheese Month yeah like right now I mean it was it was um, Portland's Cheese Month last or not Portland's Oregon's uh, <laughs> last month but this month is like the you know the American Cheese Month but oh anyway. October is is yeah. the American Cheese Month? Yes. Oh shit. Yeah. So this is you're still perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, this is it. This is the thing. No. <laughs> this podcast yeah. is gonna come out right on time. Wow. That's yeah, awesome. Good. Really cool. good stuff. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, you're current. Don't worry about it. I'm that. so up on it. I'm so on it. Yeah, speaking so of current, it. I'm gonna change the, the change the vibe. Just for a second. Yeah, let's um you're in the How was seat. that like waking up today to like modern U.S. like worst mass shooting ever. Oh God, it's um, awful. It is uh, tragic, and yeah. I, I'm like, oh, this is a great way to set up the day. I'm gonna go do a podcast. Like I felt like I had to mention something about it because definitely, um, 50, yeah, 50 people died and 400 were injured. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just can't even imagine like what everybody's going through right now yeah yeah you know? really really tough um it's i'm scared almost to like look at my phone every morning i know it's so bananas just i know it feels like the end of days right now it does and yeah the the whole catalonian um independence kind of vote and how spain's police have kind of gone in and i was actually at, um that's really tragic and upsetting i'm glad nobody was killed you yeah. know there was like a really bad eye injury from like a rubber bullet or something but um and people were hurt but you know nobody was killed so that that's great mm -hmm. um and I was when I was thinking about that too I was like I was gonna talk about a poop story that was related to Catalonia <laughs> okay yeah do you want to go to the poop you, story now <laughs> no. <laughs> no but I will like I'll slightly mention that um, in, in yeah so okay so for people who don't know but I'm sure you know your listeners do but you do the poop story at the end yeah. of the podcast yeah, and I was like gonna tell you about my friend who's from Barcelona she's a Catalonian and she was telling me about if you want to know about it just look up the Christmas log uh-huh okay and that's all I'm gonna say because I now I don't even want to talk about it because <laughs> I feel like it's disrespectful <laughs> no. they're like going through so much right now you oh know? okay you I, know, I don't want to sit here and like laugh at like Catalonians yeah or whatever. I'm not and I would never be doing that anyway I'd be laughing with them sure because it's a delightful thing of course Christmas log just check it out check out Christmas log <laughs> <laughs> Google Christmas log yeah um that's funny yeah but anyway so yeah back to Oregon um Oregon, or not Oregon, the uh, American Cheese Month. American right? Cheese Month, yeah, yeah. which is yeah. October. Um, yeah, October. Yeah, what should somebody do if they live in, I don't know, not a cheese-savvy state? Sure. I feel like every time I'm in the um, Midwest or um, just northern, mm -hmm. um, I live in Texas, unfortunately, Yeah. Uh, and we're not as, like, cheese-savvy. Mm. Um, but I feel like if you live up north, you have the luxury of a lot of dairy farms, um, 
Yeah, a we do. Of... We have like, well, I think we have 38 um, creameries here. And then in Washington, there's like 80 or something. So I'm not, many. I've only lived here since February, so I'm oh, still yeah? getting to know um, Portland and Oregon. Like, I had never even stepped foot in the state before I moved here. Really? So, yeah. Cool. So it's been amazing. That's and a I, big I'm, leap of faith. I, I know, but I kind of do that. I actually did that... Um, so before I was here, I moved um, to Nebraska from California. Oh, wow. Yeah. What and a so, change. <laughs> I know. It really was. Poor I was living thing. in Los Angeles. And oh, okay. No, it wasn't. It was good because there's this connection. Like, I grew up for a few years as a young kid, very, like, influential period of my life, and I was living in Colorado yeah. along the Colorado Rockies. And so it was a really small town. I literally had, like, 20 neighbors, and that was it. That was my whole neighborhood, and we were surrounded by mountains. And um, and so I loved that uh, vibe. And mm -hmm. when we moved to California, that was it was so different. Yeah. Um, and so there was this part of me that constantly was, like, missing um, that that small town feel mm -hmm. and that slower energy. So um, when I, and I was working in Los Angeles, I was working for a company called Gourmet Imports, which is an amazing um, import export uh, distribution um, company and working with all the amazing Los Angeles cheese shops yeah. and uh, chefs and it was, was that really sort of great. You, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 that's okay. Um, it is, were you going to say, is that kind of where I got where you, really deep into yeah, it? Yeah, where you yeah, cut your teeth of. for the most part? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, I got really deep into the details. And I, I was surprised after learning much more about the cheese industry how much I really didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, and part of, yeah, part of that was the pressure of, like, making sure that I knew what I was talking about when I was talking to all these amazing cheese professionals in the Los Angeles, um, you know, cheese community and also chefs and just amazing chefs. And so I just wanted to really do them the honor of really, really fully knowing, you know, there's one thing knowing the flavor of a cheese. Yeah. Um, there's another understanding how it's made and the story behind it and things like that. So that, that was, um, where I really put a lot of value in that. And then, after having that job, uh, working that job, and, which was fairly stressful, you know, I did the marketing for them too, so, and that was really difficult because I had to write and I had to really kind of do some creative writing based around cheese, which was amazing and lovely. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was kind of feeling like, I don't know if I'm even, like, you know, I have that constant bar I'm always setting for myself. Yeah. That's really high. It's like really high. So <laughs> that's um, not healthy. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, I mean, maybe it is no, as far as I, no, challenging look, yourself. The truth is I have a bar and I'm like constantly not getting there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, um, I have a bar and I'm like, I need to um, do what I can while still having my own life. You yes. know what I mean? Like beyond the work because I'm also really into crafts and really into art and like all that stuff that cool. I want to spend time doing. Yeah. So, um, what are some of your hobbies? Um, you said I, you did a little singing. Yeah, I sing sometimes. Um, I'm not in a band or anything right now, but, um, I was in Nebraska. Really? Um, yeah. Which by the way, not the band. I Nebraska. mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally going off cause I didn't even, I'm like, and then Nebraska and then anyway, no, <laughs> no, that's um, totally fine. You're doing yeah, good. Yeah. Um, 
No, I was I was in a band in Nebraska. We did like covers and stuff, and it was a bunch of kind of older guys. That's cool. Um, that were amazing professional musicians. I got was really lucky, and we played at one of the most famous jazz clubs out there. It was really cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. But that's I don't do as much singing um, here because I don't really have a ton of friends yet here that are into that. Sure. Yeah, um, you got to make those connections. Exactly. So now I'm just um, I don't know. I, I do a lot of hand. A crochet or um, hand embroideries and stuff. I'll yeah. like, I'll take pictures, um, and then c- literally, mo- like, do a hand embroidery of the picture. Wow! Or I'll sketch um, an image and I'll do the embroidery over the image. Nice. And they're all really unique, and I never keep them. I always give them to people. They're always intended. Yeah. For people, so um, they're always kind of really unique based on who I'm giving them to. Yeah. So, um, and then I make jewelry also. That's amazing. So yeah, I just, I like to relax. You got to have time for yourself. And, yeah. For sure. Yeah. For do sure. Artistic kind of things. But anyway, so yeah, I, I uh, went from being stressed kind of in Los Angeles and feeling like I, d- I had all these, I kind of describe it as like being um, like black holes of knowledge mm-hmm. because with a black hole, you know, it's like if you get a piece of knowledge from somewhere and um, it doesn't connect, it's just going to fall deep into the hole. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're never going to be able to get it back. So um, I had to really try and create a web as opposed to a black hole so that I could hold on to little things that I was learning in the cheese industry because I felt like over all the years, I probably learned a lot, mm-hmm. but I wasn't able to fully understand it and fully grasp it. So I wanted to make cheese. That was the thing that was missing. Yeah. If you're anything like me, not until I'm in it do oh. I get it. Like you can tell me, me all it. the things, but until my hands are on the project, yes, I don't. it's not sticking. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing is, well, you know, I'm, you might feel insecure about that or whatever at certain times, but... Um, it's, it's a, it's a way to encourage you to actually get yourself into the thing. And, um, and usually, you know, with people like us that learn like us, we can learn really well and yes. very efficiently when yeah. we immerse ourselves. Yeah. You can never get that out of me. Like once I put yeah. my hands on the project, that's, that's in my memory for good. Like it's, it's up there. Exactly. Uh, and then that's when I can usually speak to it. Yes. Um, and so I felt like that was what I was missing was cheese making. So yeah. I decided to. It was a good time in my life. There was a lot of other madness happening. And um, and it was one of the first decisions I really made for myself was to get up and move to Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> You're so passionate about cheese. I love it. It pumps yeah. me up. Oh, thanks. It's amazing. Thanks. I yeah, mean, it's cool. A lot of people tell me that um, here at Chizu and, and whoever I'm working with, and I, that's such like that's the best thing to hear. Um, I think it's really sweet. And um, I want, you know, I want people to take away knowledge about cheese yes. after after like we've sat and talked about it and stuff so definitely. and like a little bit more passionate about it so definitely um i'm glad that people are like oh you're passionate and that makes me happy you know? yeah yeah, yeah cool. most definitely that's amazing um i've got a quick question and then i want you to maybe talk about you really educated me the other day about yeah. uh, lactose uh, about lactose yeah, yeah. um what was your breakthrough cheese did you have a cheese where you're like 
this is changing my life. Like this yeah. is, I didn't know that. I think so actually. Yeah. Do you have one? I've got a few. I mean, there's different styles, um, mm-hmm. that kind of get you there. Like I was mentioning before, like I refer to them as the gateways. Yeah. Um, so when I tasted, a, it's a cheese called Osoirati and it's, um, a French Basque cheese. It's made in the Basque is like kind of under the Alps of France. And it's, as far as I understand it, it's like the oldest cheese that we know of, like the process and everything, um, yeah, in the world. You know what I mean? Like it's one of the oldest, most um, traditional time-honored processes. And it's a sheep, they're all, you know, it's a sheep's milk region. Yeah. The Basque region uh, is primarily sheep. And um, and yeah, so Osoirati is that, like, is one of those sheep's milk cheeses from that region that... I don't know. It just like blew me away. It, it, it was like, wow, sheep's milk cheese. This is so lovely, you know. And what does it taste like? Well, it's it's nutty and mm-hmm. um, it's buttery and super creamy and kind of like not sharp necessarily, but like has a little acidity, has a little grassiness. It's complex, you know. There's yeah. a lot of depth to it, depth of flavor. Um, sheep's milk cheeses are... Um, have are pretty high in fat in their in their milk so that added richness from the fat is perfect for cheese making yeah so you know it comes off in 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 that cheese in particular yeah it's a really awesome it's a great cheese to like get you kind of thinking like oh this is the next level stuff it's not just cheddar it's not provolone it's not swiss it's not you know sometimes cheeses can have a really like one note thing Uh happening and and a cheese like osoirati is is like just next level. Cool. You know? yeah. 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 I was curious about that. I was like, there has to be one cheese yeah. that she was like, and, fucking shit. This is changing my life. Yeah, I, it did. I didn't know cheese could taste like this. I know. And actually I didn't like blue cheese for like the first year of working in the, in the cheese industry. And hey, then when I, does blue cheese go bad? Does it ever? Yeah. Um, <laughs> How, the can moment you tell it's that? made. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I love blue cheese. They're actually in my favorite style now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I wouldn't say they're my favorite style, but I'm very fond of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some instances where I have to have it. Like, yeah, cool. Yeah. There's, so there's different types. So a lot of people think blue cheese is like the strongest cheese, you know, or I mean, it is, it is a very strong cheese, but I mean, to the point where they don't like it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I feel like, um, not all cheese is going to be that super spicy, zippy, um, zappy kind of thing that blue cheese does yeah. to your palate. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? um, some blue cheeses are so well balanced, like a cheese like Stilton or the Rogue River um, Creamery blue cheeses that that's in Southern Oregon. Um, just really well balanced, um, salty, sharp, you know, complex. Um, blue cheeses, so and this kind of applies to all cheese, you tend to know when a cheese has gone too far um, based on its aroma and its flavor. So in a way, you kind of have to know. There's no, like, date, right? I mean, a lot of places, you know, you have to put a date on the label or whatever um, to to sell it in, like, grocery stores and stuff. But um, there really is no date. You have to educate yourself on when a cheese is at its best and then when it's kind of going downhill and then when it's kind of gone. And um, blue cheese is one of those things that's a little more difficult. For me, a lot of times it's the flavor. Yeah. Has it gotten to the point where I put it on my palate and it numbs my whole mouth? I mean, some blue cheeses are kind of doing that right off the bat. Like Roquefort blue cheeses are really strong. 
but it still has this like fruitiness and it still has a lot of amazing complexity. Um, when blue cheeses get to that like kind of one note, um, mouth numbing, kind of enzymatic thing that's happening, um, I tend to think, oh, maybe this is you know gone a little too far. Yeah. Um, and then also, if your cheese smells like ammonia, that's <laughs> a real kind of classic tall tale sign that your cheese has gone too bad. It's not the mold, you know what I mean? Mold's yeah. not going to tell you shit. No, it's not. <laughs> You're that, right. <laughs> you know, cultures and you know they, they produce molds, and and that's natural, and that should happen, and that kind of tells you that your cheese is alive and it's still kicking and it's doing good. Yeah. You know, if it's not making, if there's no change happening after you um, have had it for a little while and there's no mold showing up and stuff like that, that tends to kind of tell you. Okay. Maybe it's gone a little too far. Yeah. Um, But yeah, ammonia is something that cultures will release after they've died. Okay. So it's kind of like they're, you know, you have this um, life cycle and at the end is ammonia. You know, I got you. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Um, the only parallel I can draw right now is <clears throat> wines. Uh, I've sort of, I never got to sommelier level, okay. uh, <laughs> but I've done a lot yeah. of, uh, I've read a lot of literature on, on wine oh, and cool. I like to pride myself as, oh, I know a little bit more than the average schmo, yeah. uh, which I really don't know shit. Like it's just a drop in the bucket, but, um, yeah, there's no, I'm sure no... You do. <laughs> open a bottle. I of... haven't read any wine books. I mean, honestly, I, I probably should have along the way. But <laughs> Wine and cheese are friends. I know, and I agree, and they're lovely. I got into beer because I, I worked for a brewery for yeah. a little while. I've yeah. got my first level Cicerone. Oh, cool, me it's, too. Cool, yeah. awesome. Yeah. First one's Cicerone easy. Cicerone server. Yeah, 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 that one's easy. The yeah. second level is why you were yeah. really good. I didn't even try. No. <laughs> I paid my 75 bucks. I'm good. I'm in. (laughs) I took the internet test. Yeah, exactly. Uh, What were you saying about wine? uh, Oh, that there's no, once you open it, there's no like, well, you got three days. You got four days. You got seven days. Um, uh, You have to just kind of use your own palate to to see, uh, has this gone bad? Yes or no? Um, yeah, because on... sometimes you can open it and two days later, you're like, whoa, this is so awesome. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I just needed to open up a little bit. Right. Um, and then the opposite has happened where I'm like, whoa, this was shit. I must have been <laughs> drunk when I opened this up. I drank half the bottle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess that's, I was just trying to draw a parallel of like, no, you're oh, right. yeah, that's right. No, yeah, you're right. Because yeah. I've definitely opened up blue cheese before and I'm like, I don't know. Like, Are I you bad know, or not? This seems bad. <laughs> yeah. This, doesn't it start bad the second that it's made? Yeah, I know. Uh, it's, it... yeah, it's blue cheese, man, has a really hard, hard time. I don't know why, but I feel like in American restaurants, like up until, I don't know, 10, maybe like five years or 10 years ago, mm-hmm. in general, you get a blue cheese on something and it's like so powerful. Yeah. Or there's like just too much of it or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And so people have, I think, like thought, oh, this is something I don't like. Yeah. But just, you know, for for everybody out there who doesn't, um, you know, who hasn't given blue cheese a chance, like me in my first year in in the cheese world, really, um, it's, it's one of those tastes that will come and you'll understand you just have to find the right one yes and keep trying you know just keep trying just give it a little taste There's don't really give up completely you're very well put you said, said that very well um there are very soft blue cheeses out there um once i kind of started getting into it 
or less aggressive, I should Yeah, less say. aggressive for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, that would, I, I think, help as far as like a breakthrough blue yeah. cheese if you're looking to get into it. Yeah, I mean, it, mold itself is, is, is a strong flavor. So um, if you have a blue cheese that's like, you know, has a shit ton of mold everywhere, uh-huh. then you know it's going to be one that's probably going to be more intense. Yeah. But there's others that, that aren't as, as strong. Yeah. yeah. Does it help? Do you have like a little pocket of descriptors whenever you're like blue cheese, I'm going to use the word metallic or I'm going to use the word. Yeah. I mean, it depends mm-hmm. you know, I have to, so here, here at Chizu, like we have our menu, which is like, you know, a sushi menu kind of mm-hmm. style where you have the name of all the cheeses and the description, like, and we, we just do a couple like one word description. We do a few. And so you just kind of have to choose the right one that best describes. And so, yeah, I'll kind of, I'll, you know, things like metallic definitely come up, but it's not like I'm going to use that on the cheesy menu because that doesn't sound as appealing. Very true. But I will say like picante or Uh zippy or or like um, (laughs) intense or something. You know what I mean? For sure. So people will know what they're getting into. Most definitely. Um, Do you mind talking about uh, or educating the general listener about uh, the lactose as yeah, far as for sure that's one of the main things that i hear people coming in saying i'm lactose intolerant i can't eat cheese and that to me is seems like the worst possible thing ever does that seem like a, a nightmare to you or do you know enough about cheese where you're no, like I can get it's not a that. nightmare yeah it's not a nightmare I, I can confidently it's not okay, like a shellfish there, allergy there is, there is this thing like look if you have a lactose intolerance and you're coming in to Chizu, like just mm-hmm. bring some pills and stuff that'll help you yeah. in your digestion. Uh-huh. Um, but um, but no, I mean, as far as what I've I've learned, um, I don't have a lactose issue, so it's hard for me to say because I don't experience it. But I understand sure. that, like, you know, the digestion is really uncomfortable. Um, so lactose is um, is not present in all cheeses. Um, if so. Blew my mind when you told me this, by the yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It is really weird. Um, so lactose is converted into lactic acid. And, and a lot of times the lactose is really, a lot of lactose is taking, taken out in the cheese-making process because you're, um, you're solidifying the, the proteins and you're solidifying these curds. And, um, and when you, cu- you, you cut the curd and it releases a lot of the whey, in the way goes all, most of the lactose, okay? So in a cheese like ricotta, which is made with uh, whey, um, that's gonna have a lot of lactose, so you have to be really careful. Softer cheeses, uh, fresh mozzarella, um, you know, chev, like these really fresh styles are gonna have more lactose, so you have to be careful. But um, Even though they're goats Even though they're goats milk. and sheep's milk. So yeah, that's actually the thing. Um, is all different milk types have lactose. They've got lactose. Yeah. doesn't matter what animal but, it comes from. But the reason why people have um, a better time, and I'll go back to the, actually, let me just finish the lactose yes, thing. Yes, please don't then let I me wa- And then I want to talk to, no, no, interrupt. <laughs> just, just yell at me. I'll, Stop yeah. right there. <laughs> Tell me a story. There's so much to know. I could just go on and on and on. Yeah, so, I'll yeah, try and so pipe just, down. No, no, don't, don't at all. I love, like, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so the, 
Um, so with a with an aged with a, with a properly aged cheese, where your cultures are taking that lactose and converting it into lactic acid, that's a that's a proper process in the cheese making, in cheese making and cheese aging. So with an aged cheese, oftentimes um, with you know cheddars and certain Swiss cheeses and and things like that, um, manchegos and dry aged cheeses, um, all that lactose, all you know possibly small amounts and stuff, but most of it has been converted. So a cheese like Parmesan, mm -hmm. um, as far as I know, it doesn't have any lactose at all. You really? know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, it's a really, um, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I kind of learned that later too, because I don't, you know, I'm not a doctor, so I'm like, I don't want to tell anybody what they should do. Yeah. But I did, I went and went and like really looked, looked into it and stuff. And yeah. so I feel confident talking to people about it. Um, but yeah, as far as when, especially when people, a lot of times people will say, um, but goat cheese is fine. Like I'm lactose intolerant. This is like what you guys did. Uh -huh. I'm lactose intolerant. So I'm just going to do all goat cheeses. Yeah. And, and I'm like, oh, well, you know, here's this thing about lactose. But then also the thing about goat cheese and sheep's milk cheese uh, and particularly goat's milk, is the, the milk molecule is smaller. So it's easier for our body to digest. So you can kind of look at the size of the animal almost. That's like a good kind oh, of gauge wow. where you know the milk molecule of cow's milk is more difficult than goat's milk. Goats are tinier, and the milk molecule is smaller. So it's easier for us to digest. Really good rule of thumb. That's Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. and... Um, yeah, and uh, and that's mostly um, because the the fat molecule is, well, you know, that's actually not always true either because sheep's milk actually has more kind of fat in their molecule, but it is still smaller. So, um, but yeah, g uh, buffalo milk is really if you're lactose intolerant, just like um, if you if you're eating like a softer buffalo milk, that's going to be probably if you're if it's hard for you to digest cow's milk, it's going to be hard for you to digest buffalo milk. Actually. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, goat's milk is lovely. It's always a bummer to me when I hear people say they don't like it when. So this is like perfect. I, I moved to Nebraska mm -hmm. and I was I made cheese. Uh, you made on it a, a goat, thing? I, on a goat farm. Oh, you did. Yeah, cool. I, li I lived um, on a property we owned. Uh, we had about 190 goats. And, um, yeah, they grazed, they did like rotational grazing on the pastures, which is really cool thing when farms do rotational grazing because they're, the animal is getting the freshest like ice cream type toppings like on the grass yeah. in the pasture. And then the next day they go out, they're going on to the next, um, which is perfect because while they're on the pasture eating all of the best stuff, they're also trampling the second best stuff. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. So that's kind of, so you, it's best when you take the herd and you move it on to the next pasture and, and then you got like a really high quality milk um, because of that. But yeah, I lived on a, on a farm and made goat cheese. That's so cool. And it was really fun. Yeah, I learned how to make nine different ty types of goat cheese and... Um, Sharuth, her name's Sharuth Van Buzikam. The, the, the creamery is called Dutch Girl Creamery, and they're um, the only goat cheese producers that are really hitting the market and stuff in Nebraska. And, um, and it was an amazing experience. She was, Sharuth was so sweet when I got there. I told her I wanted to do a little bit of everything. Uh -huh. um, and it's really just her. So I had the opportunity to, to, to do that. So cool. And she gave me um, the role of taking care of the kids, the, the baby goats. Yeah. They're called kids. Yeah. And they're the sweetest 
things ever. They're so soft they and lovely and yeah, yeah and social <laughs> and fun. And um, I would like nurse them with a bottle and stuff like uh, that. And it was melting like, yeah, my heart. I, I know it was amazing. <laughs> I did that in the in the morning, and then I would go. I had to take a shower because you have to get so sanitary. You have to be so clean. And I got in like all the white garb. I felt like I was like a doctor walking into this cheese making room yeah. and stuff. Do you have so, to wear like a full on um, yeah, hazmat suit for the most essentially, part? Essentially, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You have to be totally clean. Because sanitation so, is a big thing. It's a huge right? thing, yeah. You have to you have to make sure you're you're um, you kinda have a controlled environment for your milk so that, you know, you don't have any negative, uh, dangerous pathogens that get into the milk um, and make people sick, you know? So you mm-hmm. gotta be really clean about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so the cheese, cheese making was huge and that was how I really started to build that like web of knowledge, I think too, like knowing being in, in the cheese room, making the cheese and, you know, it got to the point where I was in there by myself. I, from, you know, cool. A to Z. Yeah. It yeah. Was, it was amazing, um, to, to learn about all of it and to feel confident enough to be able to do that. That's really awesome. Yeah. Um, do you want to hear something really unintelligent that I just kind of made up in my head? Sure. I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that goat's milk um, is a little more complex than mm. cow's milk. Mm. Um, for me personally, mm-hmm. like just some cheeses that I found hmm. because they eat more stuff. It's not just. Oh. But that's. I just made that You're up. You're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. No, it's so funny because um, a lot of people are like. Well, you gotta keep the goats away from the boots because they're gonna eat the leather and they're gonna eat the tin of the cans. And I think that comes from like a, book, a cartoon, cartoon book yeah. from like being a kid. I forget. I should know the name. Is like the oh, kid, the, well, I just mean I grew up uh, on a little bit of like acreage and we had oh, goats, uh, but they would they eat do. like weeds and stuff. Yeah, yeah I didn't, yeah. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to go too far out there. Like they no. ate a, a tuna can one time and <laughs> apple cores and. <laughs> <laughs> they probably would like apple cores, actually. But like but, thorn bushes. Well, maybe not yeah. so much thorn bushes. No, but weeds definitely for sure. Yeah. Weeds. It is interesting to me. Like, you know, I'll look and see. Because we, we had the kids, the babies kind of separated from the older um, goats. And they had this region where they weren't doing rotational grazing yet. You know, they just had this one little area. And I would notice, like, um, there there would be a ton of stuff that they wouldn't even touch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they can tell. You know yeah. what's what's going to be good. Yeah, they're not um, eating shoelaces like spaghetti. And yeah, <laughs> 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 this one's good. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, that's cool that you think like if you think goat's milk is more complex than than cow, that's really cool. Um, and it maybe I maybe just it could be because it's a newer. You know, you've been doing cow, pro- you know, all your life. Of and, course. And goat's milk is newer and more interesting to yeah. you now. Yeah. I, yeah. I knew that it was just like, maybe it was just something I was laying in bed like, that's it. It's yeah. This. You're like, I figured it all out. <laughs> they have to know. It's totally not, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, she's going to laugh me out of the booth whenever I start. No, um, not at whenever all. I come up, tell we you can my both theory. say silly things. Okay, you know? good. We can both say ridiculous things. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't uh, ridiculous. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about like the rinds and some washes sure. that go over those. I've yeah, seen nice. some really intricate 
I don't know if this is just like a novelty mm. um, for like a consumer, much like myself, that doesn't know a whole lot about cheese, yeah. but can appreciate some different styles and variations. I've seen like Merlot washes. Sure. Um, and... Uh, it's not uh, novelty, coffee. you know? Yeah, coffee and stuff like that. Lavender. Yeah, it's, um, you know, flavored cheeses is have gone back as far as cheese. You know what I mean? Like people put herbs and stuff and yeah. it's delicious. Um, there are definitely a lot of purists in my industry that <clears throat> wouldn't um, regard like a flavored, they're referred to as flavored cheeses yeah. as highly as others that are all about the milk. You yeah. know what I mean? So um, I would imagine that like as a yeah. cheesemaker, you look yeah. down your nose at like, mm, you put cranberries in there? Okay. Cranberries? What's, oh, that yeah. cheese must suck. Yeah, it must I'm suck. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not that. It's not that. I mean, people like to have cranberries in their cheese. Why wouldn't you do that? It's good. Even if it's, if it's the best milk ever, then it's going to be delicious with mm -hmm. cranberries. I mean, a lot of people will take cheese and pair it with other things as they're eating it so i For mean sure. you know if you're confident enough as a cheesemaker to say i have the perfect combination here it is you know they yeah. do it yeah but um I see but yeah there are purists and um there's a few different like there are cheeses that are washed um and then there are cheeses that are soaked and so there's a little bit of a difference like um in the production I'd say with wine and certain certain cheeses like um, Sartori Creamery in Wisconsin does this cheese called Bella Vitano, and they have like a wide variety of different types of flavor profiles. Um, and I and we have one that's um, called the Raspberry Bella Vitano, and it's soaked in a raspberry lambic from the brewery New Glarus. Oh wow! It's delicious. Yeah. Um, but it's different. It's not like a washed rind in the sense that. Um, Wash rinds have a particular kind of look and also oftentimes like a, a, an aroma and even like flavor profile mm -hmm. um, because of cultures that are added to the wash called bee linens. But, um, but, the, but the soaked cheeses and stuff are really cool because they'll absorb a lot of um, the quality of the, of the brew, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think oftentimes, and I actually, at Dutch Girl, I didn't, make any of the, the soaked kind, but I think what a lot of people do is, um, is soak the cheeses for a while and then vacuum pack the cheeses, um, like the wine dipped ones and the raspberry lambic dipped one. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the vacuum pack kind of locks in this freshness. Yeah. And the cheese absorbs that. Cheese is like naturally porous, kind of absorbs things. Mm -hmm. um, and so it'll absorb that flavor profile. So when you open up a package of like um, drunken goat or like, you know, um, this raspberry velvetano, you'll get hit with this almost like boozy, fruity thing Ooh. that's happening. And it's really nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the best way to eat those is, is fresh. Um, but wash rain cheeses are a little different. Um, you're making a um you're making like a brine solution essentially it's you have a ton of salt um mixed with water and then you also add cultures called like bee linens and um and they're a little orange actually and the and once you start to rub them on the outside of the cheese so the cheese is already produced it's already been made it's already formed into its shape and then a part of the process is to wash the rind for a couple of 
a um, couple times a week or like every other day that first week every other day and then the next week you know every few days and then um, maybe once a week you know that third week um, and so it starts to those cultures start to really establish an environment on the rind mm-hmm. and it makes the rind orange and it brings out funkier fruitier um aroma and flavor in the cheese these cultures are releasing compounds like aroma and flavor compounds so that's what you're smelling oftentimes and it changes based on your recipe it changes based on your milk type and your region and you know um the breed of animal and everything sure um, yeah is something you consider but what people will do instead of just salt and water and cultures they'll like cut the water and or maybe don't do water at all and replace it with something else like a beer, mm-hmm. which is happening a lot. Like, especially here in Oregon, we have a ton of creameries that are using because we have so many amazing breweries. So, Correct. you know, you take a good beer that you really love or that you think will work and um, and you wash it. And it's a really fun thing because it kind yeah. of changes um, very subtly. It changes. And it, it's interesting because I'm not exactly sure, like, what everybody thinks about I'll hear, like, if it's a traditional wash rind and it's really funky and, mm-hmm. like, say it's a softer style cheese and it's been washed and then you kind of dig into it and people be like, I really taste the porter. And I'm I'm kind of like, do you? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't... Unless I get it I get it with the wines. Sure. With the wine soaks. But unless what? I was going to say, unless you're eating the actual rind, would you get any of those complexities or unless I mean, it was a porous cheese? The thing is, like, the cultures themselves will kind of convert those sugars and the yeast and things like that um, will change over time. Yeah. And, and so... Um, and so you're not really getting like a traditional flavor of the beer yeah. or anything, you know? Yeah. Um, but it does, I, the reason why I'm, I feel confident to say that is because we did do washing of cheeses at Dutch Girl. We took two different beers from this brewery and did, you know, we used the same batch of, of, of cheese mm-hmm. and split the batch in half and did one wash here and one wash there. And um, by the end, there were there were some differences. It okay. was kind of interesting, but it wasn't like I could taste the beer differences. It was um, it was really subtle complexities that had changed. Um, primarily, like the fruity aspects of the cheese. Some of them were more earthy. Some of them were more you know, or one of them was more earthy and funky, and the other was more like fruity fresh. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah. So it's kind of up in the air. I think if if people feel like they can taste the beer or if they're just experiencing kind of that the difference that the beer created for the environment Mm -hmm. of the cheese as it was aging yeah or just placebo effect like it tastes like Uh an ipa for sure i kind of don't even well it's it's interesting because like hops are so bitter and i actually i don't know if i've ever tasted a cheese that was washed with a hoppy beer yeah i would assume it's all i think that's because people are like no i don't want to you know that the end result maybe the the lasting impression from that beer would probably be the bitterness of the hops sure but i don't know i'd I'd be curious yeah to taste that most definitely (laughs) cool um well we're at the uh part of the podcast where I kind of step away and let you um, take the podium. Mm. Um, And if there's anything that we haven't gone over that you wanted to talk about, we'll talk Mm. about that now. Mm. Um, If you want to plug anything, if you have any events coming up Mm -hmm. or just your business um, in general, 
um, yeah. you can do that. Oh, cool. Uh, and if not, we'll just keep on, keep on keeping on. For sure. <laughs> um, um, yeah, well, there's, um, there's an event uh, here in October, in Portland, October 7th. Um, the Oregon Cheese Guild has put on an event um, called The Wedge. Cool. Yeah, and that's a really great event. Um, it's going on from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturday the 7th. Awesome. And it's like a farmer's market style festival that's um, that's just celebrating cheese and everything that goes with it. That's really cool. So, yeah, so that's a really great uh, event to go to if you're a local Portlander. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and so that's coming up soon. Um, what else? Um, I think if you want to learn more about cheese, you should check out the book, uh, Mastering Cheese from, um, the author Max McCallman. He's, he's a hugely influential person in our industry and his book is super cool. It was really fun for me to read. Yeah. Um, it's, it's similar to like a textbook kind of style. Yes. And it's really straightforward and it talks about a lot of the details and really, I think, um, opens up cheese for a lot of people um, and is essentially like the the study book for becoming a certified cheese professional. So, you know. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's a great book to read if you're interested in getting into it more. Yes. Um, and then there is uh, the other fun thing is a, is a podcast. Since we're on a podcast, yeah, I'll mention yeah. there's a podcast called Cutting the Curd. And it's all cheese-based. That's amazing. And it's very educational. Cool. And it's really cool. Yeah, it's definitely, um, like, a cheese nerd like me can g- literally go on and listen to, like, my friends talking about their business and their cheese making and what they do. And so, so that's always a really nice one for me to listen to because I always learn more. Yeah, that's but, amazing. Yeah. How tired are you of the cutting the cheese joke? Do people say, well, I've cut the cheese. So, hey, I'm just not cutting the cheese again. You know again. what's so weird is like at first when I was first into the in the industry, like that came up so often that I had been, and then yeah, I was got to that point. I was like, ha, 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 you know? Yeah. And now like I don't ever hear it. So it's gotten to the point where I found myself like making that joke. <laughs> Like my, it's come around full yeah, circle. Yeah, it's come around full circle. Now I'm the dork who's like really pushing it. <laughs> All right, I'll be over here cutting your cheese. We cut, cut the cheese in the corner. Right, That's exactly. funny. Anyway, to lighten the mood. <laughs> but it's always a light mood. Gosh, it's now, such a... People such are rolling mood, yeah. their eyes at you now. They're like, oh, we got a real... <laughs> yeah, gosh, now I really don't. Disrespect. Lame. Yeah. Got a real dope as a cheesemonger. Look, snicker. you're the comedian. Yeah, I know. Leave the jokes to me, <laughs> would you? No, I'm just kidding. That's all. I that's love the cheese best puns. Actually, the cheese industry loves cheese puns. It comes up a lot. You know. Yeah. There's kind of this famous, um, like, theme of, not famous. I mean, you know, it's it's a it's a theme of like converting popular music mm-hmm. into a cheese pun line. You it's know a what whole I mean? Culture. Yeah, it's huh? a culture. Oh, uh, <laughs> you got me there. I wasn't expecting that. You really are a comedian. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I could go, I could go on and on, but yeah, that's, um, it's it's your time to shine. If you got, if you got anything else, we're, I'm here for you. Yeah, um, you feel like we covered some. We covered, a, we covered some, good some good stuff. Cheese knowledge. Yeah. Oh, Very oh. Cool. You know what? Um, Hit me with it. I think it. the one thing that people ask about most is like, yeah, 
Um, what's the difference between raw and pasteurized? Okay. That's, a, that's definitely a beginner thing that customers should know about. Um, oftentimes women like who are pregnant are told, you know, not to eat raw milk cheeses and things like that. I've heard that before. Yeah. So, um, and I think it's really, it's an interesting conversation. Um, but ultimately, so I, it was like in 87, the U.S. had created a, a regulation that stated that creameries um, who imported their cheeses and also who sold their cheeses in general in the U.S., um, cheeses have to be pasteurized at least 60 days to yeah. be served raw in the U.S. So young raw milk cheeses just don't exist here. You have to go to Europe for that. Sorry, people. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that, I think that's... Um, the, the reason for that is because uh, there are certain pathogens that could possibly be dangerous and be there yeah. if the milk quality wasn't up to par. And so there, it's a blanket law. It really is kind of a blanket law that says, um, you know, all these pathogens will not live past that 60-day mark. So that's why that law is in place. Um, you know, that said... Um, you have to have good quality milk to make good quality cheese, whether it be pasteurized or not. I mean, there are um, cheeses that people um, have gotten people incredibly sick that yeah. are pasteurized. You know what I mean? So it's like vegetables in a lot of ways. There are still opportunity for things like listeria and E. coli and things like that to be, uh, be there in this uh, product. But, um, you know, you have to um, trust your producers. And, um, and, you know, if your cheese, your cheese is in a cheese case, then they're trusted. You yeah. know, um, there, of course, are a few things that happen. Things slip through the cracks, and that's life. Um, we live kind of in a place that's filled with all sorts of invisible bacteria yes. that are dangerous for us. And that's part of living. Um, but um, we are essentially just big yeah, bags of big walking bags of, bacteria, yeah. li little living um, things inside of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. And I like to actually talk about that with customers. And sometimes I'm like, OK, too far, too far. Yeah. Scale it back with these two, you yeah. know, or whatever. Like yeah, people are like, gauge. I all of a sudden don't have an appetite for this. <laughs> no, um, no, it's uh, so what's interesting is when you pasteurize your raw milk, um, you know, there's a few steps to doing that, um, but you're you're killing off those bacteria, and and you're also killing off like good bacteria. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so what you have to do is is reinoculate the milk with the bacteria that you want to thrive in the milk. So that's what pasteurized cheesemakers are doing. They're adding cultures, and oftentimes. They're, they're cultures that are coming from Europe and other cheesemakers that have been able to um, reproduce their terroirs cur uh, um, cultures. Mm -hmm. And uh, other people like American producers are buying them and using them to make their cheeses. So um, there's a really cool category. It's like kind of a newer category in the, um, at the American cheese competition. And that's American Originals. And that's really a really cool step for American cheesemakers because people are producing their own rennet, they're producing their own cultures, and they're using their own places to do that, their own, you know, regions to do that. So um, it's growing. The cheese industry is totally growing. And there's all these fun new American original cheeses that are just made here in the U.S. So 
those I always, you know, seek those out if you can. Yeah. And try try some of those and stuff because it's fun to be able to know that, um, you know, that this flavor, this culture, because like I was mentioning earlier, the cultures release compounds of flavor and aroma, mm-hmm. and so t- depending on the place is going to, you know, that's going to. Um, make for a really unique flavor profile. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. So yeah, raw and pasteurized, um, you know, eat all cheeses. Just because it's pasteurized doesn't mean it's not good. It's, there's amazing pasteurized cheeses, um, you know, and, and uh, it's just nice when you're able to have a raw milk cheese because you know that those farmers are really making sure their milk quality is top notch for a cheese. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're watching everything, the whole process from the mineral content in their soil to their grasses, to the breed of their animal, to the type of animal. Um, what the profile of the animal's milk is, how much minerals, how many, how much fat, how much protein, mm-hmm. um, and then how that converts into um, the cheese making process and um, what styles of cheese they're producing. Like, there's just so much thought put into it. So, yeah. So good. Yeah. That's amazing. Cool. I knew you were good. You've been so good. I don't know. You don't know it yet, but I've got like a whole. There's a lot of times where I'm like, okay, let's. All right, we were talking about this. Now let's go back to it. Oh, you I know. reeled your own self in. I know, because like, I know I do that. Yeah. <laughs> You're very self aware. You're very self aware. Yeah, you did really good. Uh, there, was like, there was a time where I was like, okay, remember we were talking about this. I better just, I better stay on track. Yeah, yeah. And that way I can, I can say, oh, we were talking about uh, soft cheeses before. You're like, what was I saying before? But you did it. You're like, anyways, back to soft cheeses. I was going to say, there's more vitamins in the you can soft tell, like You can tell this is kind of what I do like here, though. Yeah. And I, that's why I was like, oh, cool, we're going to be at Cheesy. Like, this is, this is my place, so I feel good here. Yeah, you know? I thought it would be cool to put yeah, your, yeah. you and your elements. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm nervous, for God's sakes. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, will we always end with the poop story? Yeah. Uh, did you just want to leave it at, at Google this um, or do you have an actual yeah. poop story no i do i actually i wasn't sure because i was thinking gosh i don't know i talk about poop a lot like yeah. poor andrew my boyfriend you know he's <laughs> <laughs> i'm like and this is how it was today and then later yeah. it was <laughs> it's just like yeah but um but no i was actually the one of the first kids i think to have like that spencer's the poop list yeah you know what i mean that poster i put it on the back there's like a poster that has a bunch of different styles of poop and then they're like cartoonized on the sides i found this out later in life i worked at this research hospital and it was a big deal like you have to that's hilarious you have to i didn't know this poster existed Mm. um but there's a whole it's called spencer's poop scale you I can think it's Google called it. the shit list. <laughs> but you can point to like, I had a number seven yeah. uh, style oh, poop today. Oh, no way. Wait a minute. I think that might be different. I'm not, well, I'm not sure, oh, but it might be I similar. I know what you're talking. Spencer's Gifts had yes, a, a joke list. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I, I can't, I was trying to remember like what my favorite one was. And the only one I can remember was like um, the ghost shit, uh-huh. which is like, you feel it. Yeah. And you smell it, but then you look and you can't There's find it. There's nothing there. Where's that? Where? Where did it go? I remember this poster now. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, jo- they were like a jokey titles, like the ghost shit. Yeah. Uh, There's, there's like the Mexican shit or something. And then I, th- I think it said like self-explanatory or something, you know. <laughs> there's yeah. there's also like a medical one too. I don't know the name of it. I don't, can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I think you're right actually. But yeah. Yeah. One through like 
I don't know, eight. And yeah. it was like, do you have rabbit turds? That means you're... You know, <laughs> you're constipated. You're constipated. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, and then like the ideal poop was, I don't know, number three or something. I can't remember. Yeah, like the floating log or yeah. something. You would think the ideal poop would be a number two. Ah! ah I don't know. Um, <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I, should just, I should just hang up my comedian hat. Don't. Don't you're, do it. Keep yeah, going. I'm a fan. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, that's good. Um, yeah. Cool. Thank that, you so much. That's it for us. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Been a no, pleasure. thank you. Really Thanks for letting me come and and um, pick your brain and for getting up early. Yeah, that's, of course. That was up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, do this it. is great. Letting us thank do you. do it right here in the window. We had a lot of lookers too. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah your back was turned, but people I'm were glad. stopping. And I was like, realizing <laughs> when you were looking at people passing by, I was like, I am so glad I'm not on that side. Yeah, I would not. <laughs> be able to concentrate yeah they were like stopping looking at like oh no this? is this some kind of radio like station on there <laughs> i don't know yeah. so goofy anyways all right that's it for cool. us play us out shitty ukulele i did not set that up well there we go <laughs> i wasn't ready uh, man. good job sorry i had to wear those yeah, it worked out it totally worked out